Welcome to the BCP podcast. Big hug to all of y'all. I appreciate the feedback that we got from yesterday's podcast, which was a call to action. But let's get back to the news. Uh, Deborah at USA Freedoms on Locals, a member of our community, put this meme. If you want me to trust the science, then stop telling me this is a man. This is a woman. This is an expert. This is healthy. For those of you listening, the meme, so you can visualize it, that Deborah shared. Thank you, Deborah. If you want me to trust the science, then stop telling me. And there's a picture of a woman, a trans man, I guess. This is a man. I don't know who that person is. Then this is a woman with Dylan Mulvaney dressed as a woman. This is an expert, uh, Regretta Thunberg. And then Lizzie as this is healthy. So if they want us to trust the science, then they have to stop telling us that men, that women are men, men are women, that children are experts, and that being obese is healthy. That's a good one, Deborah. Thanks for sharing. We have this. I want to show you this. Uh, this is from Just the News uh, with, with uh, John Solomon. And he had uh, on his program a physician that is running uh, for Senate. It's uh, Jeffrey Gunter. He's a former ambassador to Iceland, and he's a candidate uh, for U.S. Uh, Senate and uh, a physician. And he breaks it down, everything that's going on right now with all of the new fear-mongering on COVID and everything. I think he broke it down pretty well. Watch this. You guys already know when you mix medicine with politics, what do you get? You get politics. And that's exactly what's going on here. Gee, Donald Trump is running away, running away. The Trump train is speeding at lightning speed away from Joe Biden, and they have nothing to turn to. The indictments just make him stronger, just like the false impeachments just made him stronger. And what do they turn to? They turn to COVID. So it's just an opportunity for them to scare people. I looked at the recent CDC numbers. It's less than 1% of deaths right now are related to COVID. They come up with a new variant. They come up with a new strain. But the reality is the symptoms are a common cold. They want you to take an untested vaccine, which has been shown, many of them in the past, to not lower your viral load and certainly not necessarily make you less infectious. So we all have to be aware. We've done this drill before. It's deja vu all over again. Yes, indeed, Dr. Jeff Gunter. It is deja vu all over again. Now, I'm going to play you another clip from Dr. Gunter there in just a moment, but let me, uh, let's look at some of the things he said. Uh, we all know to be true. The indictments aren't working. They're just like the sham impeachments and the Russia, 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 everything else we've seen. They've only make President Trump stronger. That's why they couldn't beat him in 2020, so they just rigged and stole the election. Uh, they're turning to covid and he dug into the numbers. 1% are COVID-related deaths. Doesn't mean that they died from COVID. That means that COVID was related in their deaths. They could have had comorbidities. They could have died from something else, but also had COVID. 1%. Yet they're sounding the alarm. Why? Because they're going back to their old playbook during this election cycle. Also to get your mind off of what is going on with Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden today having been indicted on those gun charges. So I think it's interesting 
that they are so desperate, they're going back to something that they have to know most people are awakened against. Or so you would think. I'm in California. I fly back in a few days uh, back to Utah. And I have seen many people. I, I should start grabbing uh, the, the pictures from dash cam and from, from my phone when I see it. I've seen tons of people in Southern California driving with their mask on alone in their car. And I've seen a lot more people in Southern California with masks on. Didn't see that before coming uh, here to California from Utah. I don't think Utahns are playing that. And I know a lot of states aren't. But there are a lot of brain, brainwashed people, uh, especially in blue areas. But even in blue area of California, it's still a rare sight to see. I don't think it's going to work uh, this time around. Like Dr. Gunter says, uh, we've done this drill. We've, uh, we're going through deja vu again. So here's some of the latest news. Uh, the CDC recommended on Tuesday that... Americans six months old, over six months old, receive a COVID-19 booster, and the FDA approved shots from Pfizer and Moderna earlier this week. Uh, ABC News had reported that they're expected to become available by the end of this week. The booster specifically aims to contend with a variant of the Omicron strain. Both CDC Director Mandy Cohen and an advisory panel signed off on the recommendation. Of course they did. Of course they did, because everyone's in on the big pharma money. The CDC advice comes amid a surge in cases nationwide, which has prompted some schools and municipalities to re-implement mask mandates. Such developments have alarmed conservatives who are wary of potential return to pandemic restrictions. Ohio Governor J.D. Vance earlier this month introduced the Freedom to Breathe Act to ensure that no federal bureaucracy, no commercial airline, and no public school can impose the misguided policies of the past. Former White House Chief Medical Advisor Anthony Fauci has defended his prior recommendation of strict lockdown measures and mask mandates, insisting that proper use of masks can be effective, even though he originally initially said masks were not helpful. Okay, so let's talk about Dr. Fauci and let's talk about President Trump. But before we go there, let me play you the last thing, one of the last things that Jeffrey Gunter, a candidate for Senate 2024, an ambassador to Iceland uh, for the United States, and a physician had to say about President Trump. That'll be our segue into the next story. And uh, President Trump is going to lead the way to uh, freedom for all of us. He is, he is the greatest president we've had since Abraham Lincoln. And the freedom that he will give Americans to get us away from all these government gangster subset medical community will also be uh, fantastic. All right, so Dr. Gunter has a lot of confidence in President Trump and fighting back against the subset medical tyranny of Big Pharma. Now, if you're watching this program or listening to this podcast, then you know that I am solidly on the Trump train. That I, you may not know, if depending how recently you got on the show, but I volunteered for the campaign in 2016. I was making calls from a Republican uh, office in Southern California into voters in Florida and in Nevada to get them to come out to vote for President Trump. I was doing that several days before the general election of 2016. I went and saw President Trump at the San Diego Convention Center in spring of 2016. Okay, so I've been on the Trump train for a long time. 
That being said, President Trump isn't perfect, and I don't uh, blindly follow any person, individual, or leader. And one of the weak things that has been around President Trump is his touting Operation Warp Speed, the vaccine, and what have what have you. These are things that he has to deal with that I was not in agreement with. I think we all agreed to flatten the curve because we didn't know. I don't fault President Trump for the very beginning. We didn't know what we didn't know. But we quickly found out what we did know. We found out that Burks and Fauci were uh, full of, you know, horse manure. We knew that COVID wasn't as bad as they said it was. And then later we found out that the vaccine wasn't uh, anything at all that they said it was. And President Trump, in good faith, had Operation Warp Speed to push a quick development of a vaccine to fight a really, really bad cold. Okay, so Megyn Kelly on her show had President Trump sat down with him and she asked him these tough questions. Let's get into this. For years, you've been saying that the reason you didn't fire Anthony Fauci uh, was because he'd been there for a long time, that you would have taken heat, that it would have created a firestorm, quoting your words. Then for the first time well, in May... Well, I also said I didn't listen to him too much. I'm yet. getting there. But then in, in May, you started saying, well, he's a civil servant, so I yeah. couldn't technically. The truth is, though, not only did you not fire Fauci, who is loathed by many, many millions yeah. of Republicans in particular, but also some Democrats. By the way... You yeah. made him a star. You made him a star. This is the criticism of you, that you made him the face of the White House coronavirus task You think force, so? That he was at every presser, that he was running herd for the administration on COVID, and that you actually gave him a presidential commendation before you left office. Wouldn't you like a do-over on that? Uh, I don't know who gave him the commendation. I really don't know who gave him the commendation. Well, presidential I commendation. One went off Mark Somebody Milley, probably handed him a commendation. He probably... But Megan Kelly brings up some valid points about concerns from conservatives and Republicans. We can't stand Anthony Fauci. Anthony Fauci is a very evil man. He should be in jail or have a traitor's reward for what he's done. I mean, we're talking about international human rights violations with its experimental COVID vaccine. And even before that, the whole reason why we have COVID is because of gain-of-function research in Wuhan that he was responsible for funding. The guy is an absolute war criminal and a criminal against humanity, and he should be executed. I'm going to say it. He should be executed after having a fair trial, proving his guilt. He should be the victim. He should be the recipient of capital punishment for his crimes. I'm not talking about vigilante justice. I'm talking about real justice under the law. And yes, uh, I, I don't really like how President Trump just go like, he, he kind of played dumb there like he didn't know that he received it. Of course, President Trump knows he received it. But let's look at when he received it and we'll understand better why President Trump perhaps wasn't all in on this. Because it was back on January 19th, 2021, the last day of the, the last full day of the Trump administration after the, it had been stolen, that it was uh, announced that President Trump had awarded spe uh, presidential commendations to everyone on the Operation Warp Speed team. So it wasn't just like President Trump gave that commendation to Fauci alone. It also was uh, received by Jared Kushner, Dr. Burks, Dr. Fauci. And there's some other names on there. You know, Jared got it too. 
but also Mark Milley. We know Mark Milley is no friend of ours. Secretary Alex uh, Azar and others. It was pretty much just they said, hey, let's give a commendation to everyone that was on Operation Warp Speed. President Trump obviously knew that Burks and Fauci were going to be on there and he probably just okayed it. You know, President Trump can't really just pass it off. But then again, he had a lot on his mind during that time. I'm trying to be fair here. Because this was in a time of lots of tumult going on with the stolen election and what have you. uh, And him uh, leaving office when he should have been continuing into a second term. So anyway, you can see there are several people here who, uh, who were on that list. Not just Anthony Fauci. Let me just tell you about Fauci. Fauci was very important in the Biden administration, much less important. If you know, he didn't want to stop China. He wanted to let everyone come in from China. I stopped it. I overrode it. I overrode many of the things he did. He was much less important to me. Now, with that all being said, he's been there for years. He was respected. He lost a lot of the respect because of COVID, but he was respected. And on COVID, if you know what I did, I let the governors run their states. And many of the governors uh, opened up their states. Some of them didn't. Florida, that, by the way, true. Florida, by the way, was closed. Uh, but if you take a look at Henry McMaster, he had his state, uh, South Carolina, open. Uh, you take a look at uh, South Dakota. Take a look at Tennessee. A lot of the states were not closed. And I allowed... It's the federalist system. I allowed the governors to do that. I also allowed... Democrat governors to do that, but I don't think any of them, none of them did it. President Trump, in his defense, yes, is a federalist. Let the states govern themselves. And of course, he had to point out that DeSantis did have a close down, but it opened up very quickly. DeSantis was a champion, along with President Trump, of the vaccine, getting it out to older Americans. So that that was interesting. All right, but Megyn Kelly does not let him off the hook when it comes to Anthony Fauci, a villain and an anti-humanist, an absolute villain to all of humanity. Let that sink in. Uh, Wouldn't you like to go back and try to clip his wings? This guy was pushing mask mandates on us. He wanted the most extreme measure at every turn. Okay, look, I'm not one that blames a system that if you're civil service or if you have some other protection that you can't get fired because I've done things that are... A lot worse than that. You're big right? on the firing. So, so yeah, I fired a lot of people. I fired Comey, and that was one of the great firings. I fired Comey, and then I fired a lot of other people in the FBI, and they were great firings because the deep state, and they were at work, and they were not good people. Uh, but I wasn't, I was not a big fan of Fauci. If you look at Ron DeSanctimonious, he was, this guy said the greatest things. I can give you articles that... Well, Fauci's great. He's wonderful. We love him. We don't do anything without Fauci. This went on for months. But he didn't listen to Fauci. Uh, he did 100%. Look. He shut down Florida I will for a give month. you. He shut down Florida. For a month. Oh, he shut it down for a lot of long. He shut down the beaches. He shut down the roads. He shut down a hospital. He was shutting down everything. All right. This is where it gets juicy. Who's right? Megan Kelly saying that DeSantis only closed down the state for a month? Or is President Trump right saying that It was closed down longer than that. President Trump is right, but Megyn Kelly isn't completely wrong either. This is the BCP podcast. You know I like to dig into the details and go down rabbit holes. So this is what we have. On April 1st, 2020, later than most governors who shut down their state did, 
That is when DeSantis imposed a lockdown. Quote, all persons in Florida shall limit their movement and personal interactions outside of their home to only those necessary to obtain or provide essential services or conduct essential activities. Now, when DeSantis initiated that lockdown, more than 30 other states had already imposed lockdowns. Okay, so he was late to do it. Now, April 29th, DeSantis announced that most of the state could begin its reopening process. That's what Megyn Kelly is talking about, that on April 29th, there was moves to lift the lockdown, but the lockdown wasn't completely lifted. For instance, the move to lift the lockdown, uh, in which DeSantis said that his state had achieved several critical benchmarks in flattening the curve, it permitted restaurants to reopen, but at 25% capacity indoors, retail establishments, museums, libraries were also able to open up, but at 25% capacity. And gyms, bars, and clubs remained closed and were not permitted to sell uh, alcohol for on-premises consumption. So the lockdown wasn't completely lifted. DeSantis started to really ease things up in, uh, in June, uh, saying the following. By June 2020, DeSantis had opened a uh, had adopted a more targeted approach to the pandemic, declaring in mid-June that we're not shutting down, we're going to go forward, we're going to continue to protect the most vulnerable, particularly when you have a virus that disproportionately impacts one segment of society. To suppress a lot of working age people at this point, I don't think would likely be very effective. Now, Florida is a big retirement state and it has a large population of retired and elderly people. And as far as the end of all lockdowns, where it was all kaput, happened on September 25th, 2020. Having moved through another stage of easing restrictions in May and June, DeSantis moved to a more aggressive footing on reopening in late September. This time, his order stated bluntly that his state had suffered economic harm as a result of COVID-19-related closures. He asserted that no COVID-19 emergency ordinance may prevent an individual from owning or operating a business. The tone of this order was notably different from the start of the pandemic, and he prohibited any local government from restricting restaurants to less than 50% capacity. Any jurisdiction that wanted to hold restaurants under 100% normal capacity needed to explain its reasoning, he contended. The order also suspended any fines or penalties on individuals related to COVID-19. So, whereas Megyn Kelly is arguing that it was uh, just 30 days because on April 29th, DeSantis started to ease the lockdowns that he had declared on the 1st, uh, it wasn't until September 25th where he ended all lockdowns. He also had long lines of people getting the jab, as he called it. Let's all go get the jab. The guy tried to change history in Florida. Now, eventually Florida was open, but a lot of these other governors didn't shut down at all. South Dakota didn't shut down. McMaster, South Carolina didn't shut down. Tennessee, there are states that didn't shut down at all. I love Trump, and I really don't understand in this interview why he's making this about DeSantis. DeSantis is done. President Trump, DeSantis is not even really at all a contender for the GOP primary. Seems like a, I don't know, a little bit of a straw man to argue about what DeSantis did when Megyn Kelly's asking specifically about Fauci and, and giving him Fauci uh, prominence and fame. 
I just think it was unnecessary for President Trump to continue to villainize uh, DeSantis. But he did mention Christy Noman there, who I think has a high probability of being President Trump's VP pick uh, for 2024. We'll see. They probably did the best job. But Ron DeSantis was on a, under a lot of pressure, especially given the population, the age of a lot of Florida's I'm citizens. Not saying, I'm not trying to, to blame anybody, okay. but he should say, I closed it down. Eventually, we opened it, but I closed it down. But I gave him the right to keep it open. If he wanted to, I let the governors make the determination as to whether or not to close it down. But let me ask you this, because this is the number one question. I asked my audience, what would you like me to ask President Trump? Okay. These are your fans. Okay. This is the number one question they wanted me to ask you, that you shut the country down for six weeks in spring of 2020. Operation Warp Speed. Excuse me. Rushed right? through. I didn't really. Let me, let me, I, let me ask no, their question. No, no, but Megan. This I is let, my audience's I question. The, I got to get I know, it out. But I let the governors shut down. Some did and some didn't. Okay. Some didn't shut down at Operation all. Operation Warp Speed, though. Yeah. That was on the vaccines. They were rushed through. They have helped but also hurt a lot of people. And your White House actually supported mask mandates. So wouldn't you like a do-over on any of that? Look, when this came in, nobody knew what the hell it was. It sounded like an ancient, you know, pandemic. You thought that was from 200 years ago or from 1917. We never thought you'd have a pandemic. Nobody had any idea. We got word that bad things were happening in China, right around the Wuhan clinic. And I was the one that said it was in the Wuhan clinic. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, stuck, I stuck with it, and it was. It was absolutely. It came out of the Wuhan clinic. But you take a look, and what we did was we, this was brand new. Nobody knew what the hell it was. There's dust. Somebody said there's dust coming in from China, and it's killing people in Italy, and it's killing people in France, and it's going to kill people here. And by the way, I shut it down to China. That was a big move. I saved thousands, hundreds of thousands of lives by doing it. But honestly, nobody, I don't blame a lot of people because nobody knew what it was. Now we do understand it somewhat. Nobody really understands it even now fully. But nobody knew what COVID was. And it wasn't even a name. I called it the China virus. I still do. I call it the China virus. It came out of China. You know, they call it COVID and COVID-19. Now, Megan Kelly's question is pretty straightforward. Would you have done a do-over? Now, obviously... You would, we, press, we, we trust President Trump, right? He made the best decision with the information he had at the time. Uh, everyone does that. I mean, everyone that has common sense and critical thinking skills, I should say. You make your best decisions and you are decisive and you make plans based on the information. When you get new bits of information or data, then you correct course. It's always like that. That's just how life is. I would have liked, and I... Totally appreciate President Trump's answer. That's what I've been saying for years now is we didn't know what we didn't know. President Trump could have said that same answer, but said, yes, in hindsight, knowing what we know now, yes, I would have done things differently. But I didn't know at the time because of and then everything you just heard previously. Now let's get to the vaccine. As far as the vaccine's concerned, uh, you had the original COVID and the vaccine had an impact on that. And there are some people, I will tell you, some friends of mine that are Democrat, I think they voted for me, but they're Democrat, very smart people, top people. They say, you know, I don't understand one thing. Why don't you talk more about the vaccine? It was one of the greatest things you've ever done. Now think of that. They say to me and I say, I'm not gonna talk about it one way or the other. First of all, no mandates. I don't want mandates. I never had mandates. 
Florida sort of had a mandate because they were giving the vaccine. They were demanding everybody take the vaccine. That's another thing. Okay, some folks are not going to like this, but President Trump is incorrect here. Now, DeSantis, was he an advocate for the vaccine? Absolutely. His state's plan was to roll it out to seniors first. He got the Johnson & Johnson shot himself. Didn't do it in front of TV. Just his administration quietly said that, yeah, he got the one dose Johnson & Johnson. And he promoted it. He he, he sold the, the vaccine. I mean, at one point, uh, he did say uh, on July 21st, 2021, DeSantis expressed enthusiasm for people getting their shots during the uh, uh, the phrase of the rollout. On a visit to St. Petersburg on July 21st, according to the local Fox station, he spoke for nearly seven minutes about the positives and getting vaccinated and how he believes authorities should be advertising the vaccine. If you are vaccinated, fully vaccinated, the chance of you getting seriously ill or dying from COVID is effectively zero. That was wrong. If you look at the people that are being admitted to the hospitals, over 95% of them are either not fully vaccinated or not vaccinated at all. And so these vaccines are saving lives. They're reducing mortality. Okay, that's all incorrect. But he was not for vaccine mandates. DeSantis, despite initial enthusiasm for vaccinations themselves, opposed mandates. This is coming from a documentation of the pandemic in Florida by The Hill, which is not a right-wing or pro-DeSantis thing. They're being very fair in this reporting. Uh, and of course, let's not forget that Dr. Uh, Dr. Joseph Lopato, who is still his Surgeon General, stated back in 2021 that vaccines are up to the person. There's nothing special about them compared to any preventative measure. And uh, Florida will completely... Reject fear as a way of making policies in public health so we're done with fear. There was no mandate that everyone had to get the jab in Florida. That is not correct. Though it is correct that DeSantis was a champion of the bioweapon poison. But no mandates, no anything. I didn't demand anybody take it. But I have people on the other side. I don't, not my side, although probably there's some on my side too. They said, you saved 100 million people because I got it done in nine months as opposed to five years to 12 years. A lot of people... You're proud of it. No, I'm not proud of it. I'm saying what Democrats think. Democrats... I get it. And I'm not not not, somebody who denies some of the good that the vaccines did. I I lived through that too. But of course, a lot of people have been vaccine injured. And that's one of the questions. Those people are mad that they were rushed through and that they can't sue. Well, I never gave mandates, and people have to make up their own, you know, make their own decision, as far as I'm concerned. Now, some places had mandates, very strong mandates, uh, largely Democrat governors and probably some Republicans, et cetera, et cetera. Very valid point by Megyn Kelly. Look, if you were, like, I'm not vaccinated. I never got the vaccine. No one in my family has gotten the vaccine. My parents didn't get the vaccine. My, none of my children got the vaccine. My son-in-law didn't get the vaccine. So personally, as a family, we've been the COVID-19 vaccine. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm an anti-bioweapon uh, and unnecessary vaccines. I didn't let my children uh, get many of the vaccines that in California were required of uh, of my children. And because it was a little bit easier since we were homeschooled in charter uh, through charter programs to, to, to not go through a lot of the politics that other families have had to go through in California when they don't want their children to get vaccinated. So I'm not an, personally, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. You just don't believe that every vaccine 
is necessary, warranted, and it's not just a money grab. Actually, I think most of them you are seeing now are that. All of a sudden, you start seeing uh, vaccines uh, from everything to shingles, uh, COVID, etc. All right. So, but anyway, that's, that's not about me and my family. A lot of people have felt that they should take every vaccine that comes up. And they've been fine. They haven't gotten sick from the flu vaccine or taking the uh, the shingles vaccine. Th- that was what they believed. And when, when they were told, hey, we have this vaccine, President Trump, uh, Operation Warp Speed, nine months, we got this vaccine. And they started getting sick and everything like that. And then once we find out that they knew that this vaccine didn't work, that's at, at, at the lowest level. Now it does not work. It's actually a bioweapon. And they're protected. And President Trump, once again, is going back to his talking point that, yes, he didn't mandate it. President Trump, nor did Ron DeSantis. So, I don't know. I'm not completely satisfied, though I understand. Look, I understand. We didn't know what we didn't know in the beginning. Fine. President Trump thought that an actual vaccine would be developed. Fine. And he said in the beginning, it's going to be your choice whether to take it. Totally cool with that. It would be nice if President Trump would just say, look, and he says he's not proud of Operation Warp Speed. I think that I think that's a big thing that he said there. But I really wish President Trump would just say, you know what? Knowing what I know now, the vaccines that rolled out weren't all good and just perhaps that, you know, that what he thought was going to come out wasn't maybe the final product. He could even soften and say, hey, Maybe it wasn't completely ready yet or what have you. I don't know. That's just my personal feeling. Just wish President Trump, especially since so much of his base is anti-COVID-19 vaccine, I just wish he would just take a stronger stance on it. Maybe a little bit of ego at play here. Maybe just smart politics to not alienate the people that still think the vaccine is good and are Trump supporters. What are your thoughts? Put it down below. Not the answer I would have liked from President Trump either way. To be honest, and you folks don't expect anything else from me, but to be honest in my analysis. But there are Democrats that say, why aren't you talking about that? It's one of the, they really believe strongly. One said, you say, and this is very smart people. They said, you saved 100 million people worldwide. Uh, in 1917, you know, they, it could have been as much as 100 million. It ended the First World War because all the soldiers were dying of, of this horrible disease of 1917. You know, it actually ended the First World War. The soldiers were dying. They were on the lines. They're fighting, and they're dying of this horrible disease. They said, you might have saved 100 million people, 50 million people. Why aren't you talking about it? I said, I'm not talking about it. But what I did do is I got something done for that specific thing. I also got Regeneron, and I got a lot of therapeutics done, which were great. I also got the robes and the leather and the rubber and all of the different things, the ventilators. Mm-hmm. Ooh, President Trump, I wish you hadn't, uh, you did, but I wish you hadn't mentioned the ventilators. That's not going to help. In our experience and experience of many of you out there and experience of lots of people, the ventilators were a death sentence. Once they put people on the ventilators, it's because they were going to die. Maybe if there were no ventilators, they would have tried hard to keep those people alive. Or maybe they just would have given them hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin, zinc, and what was done in India to very early on kill COVID. We did a tremendous job, and it's never, 
you know, they appreciated what I did with the economy. I got a lot of good marks on economy. I got a lot of good marks on a lot of things. Rebuilding the military, getting rid of ISIS, uh, the biggest tax cuts in history. Uh, Supreme Court. I never got, I think, the credit that I deserved I, on COVID. And I'll tell you the way I look at it. It came in and nobody knew it was. We have to put ourselves back then. I had a meeting and we had a lot of professionals in the Oval Office. They say, sir, something bad is happening in the world. I said, what's that? And they said, people are dying. They're dying in China, in this area. And there was pictures of body bags all over the place, black body bags, satellite pictures. And they were all over. I said, that's strange. And then they'd have a next, another meeting the next day, and the next day, and the next day. And all of a sudden, they had something where the first person died in the United States, and then another. Yeah. And then it died. Then they started dying all over Italy and all over Europe. Nobody really knew what it was, Megan. All right, so uh, Megan Kelly put that out. There will be uh, more of the interview put out uh, later. So anything juicy, I will cover that uh, in the next episode. So that's what we have, President Trump being put in the hot seat over COVID. Now let's continue uh, to talk about one of the COVID and the vaccine and Anthony Fauci. In the comments down below, on Patreon, on Locals, on Spotify, put the comments down below. Do you, or are you satisfied with President Trump's answers? All right, let's talk about... Uh, Let's talk about this bioweapon masquerading as a COVID, as a vaccine, the COVID-19 vaccine, and the big problem we're seeing now of turbo cancer. Turbo cancer is a, a new kind of slang term that people are using around the world. A colleague of mine in Sweden uh, coined the term in one of her papers, and what she was seeing as a, a breast pathologist that sees a lot of breast cancer over her many years of practice, she noticed young women developing cancer after the rollout of the injections, and she noticed that these cancers were more aggressive and spreading more quickly. So uh, the, the turbo cancer just means a cancer that's behaving in a more aggressive manner uh, than in science. We, we know how most cancers behave over a period of time. And these cancers, uh, because of the dysregulation of the immune responses and the suppression of the immune system by these genetic-based injections and so many other mechanisms, these cancers that normally would be kept in check by the body are unexpectedly growing very quickly. Young women getting breast cancer and it being turbocharged and dying very quickly. Now, anecdotally, this uh, has happened to a a friend or someone that my daughter uh, knew. So I'm going to see if this works. I'm going to call Juniorette number two and get from her a breakdown of the story. I'll put her on speakerphone. Oh, honey, this is Dad. Um, you're yes. on speakerphone, and this is being recorded. Hate okay. to hate to put you on the spot, um, no but worries. I'm doing a. I'll let everyone know this is for my show. How old are you? I'm 19 years of age. Okay. How often is it that you have friends your age die of cancer? Um, very rare. Okay. Very rare. But you, but you had a friend here recently who did, right? Yes. 
yes, 19 years of age and passed away um, about three weeks ago. Three weeks ago. And about how long was it from when she was uh, diagnosed to when she died? As far as you know. As far as I know, November 2022. From November 2022? Yes. And she died three weeks ago? Yes. Okay, so she was, was she 18 when then, or did she turn 19 at the time? She or? turned 19, uh, she turned 19 about a month before she passed. Okay, so she was 18 years old, was diagnosed with cancer, and lived about less than a year, nine or 10 months. Yes. That's pretty fast. And she yeah, was 18. And yes. most likely she was vaccinated? Most likely. Okay. All right. And I think we know that because uh, her family's in education or something like that. I think you told or mentioned something like that. Her, yeah. Yeah. Her mother is a PE teacher. Her mother's a PE, a, a physical education teacher in California school system? Yes. Okay. So she would have had to be vaccinated to work and most likely got her daughter vaccinated. And now she's dead at the age of 19. Yes. All right. Gracias, mi amor. I'll, I'll talk to you later. Okay. Love you. Bye. Heartbreaking. Absolutely heartbreaking. All right, let me uh, show you this uh, from Dr. Harvey uh, Risch. Not only do we have this turbo cancer, is likely to get even worse. Remember, the bioweapon known as or called the COVID-19 vaccine is it attacks your immune system. That is why, in, in basic terms, for us non-scientists and non-biologists and people, uh, laymen and women that are not in the medical community, that is why these things are happening so quickly. Dr. Rish, so good to have you back. Pleasure to be with you. A lot of people know of your work early in the pandemic on, around hydroxychloroquine. It's amazing, actually, that a lot of people don't know that you are actually, uh, your professional work has been in the realm of cancer. And um, there's been a lot of discussion. There's been the rise in what are, have been dubbed turbo cancers. And so what is the reality of this situation right now? Well, the reality is that there's indications that cancers are occurring in excess in people post-vaccination. Now, do we have proof of that? Not really. But there's data and observations that are consistent with that. So for example, try to get a clinic appointment in, in an oncology clinic in a major metropolitan area in the United States, you find that the appointments are backed up. That it could be months rather than weeks to, to get an appointment. I've heard this from a, a few places. The idea that a, a new product like the vaccines could cause cancer is not something that's gonna be observable overnight. That cancer as a disease takes a long time to manifest itself from when it starts, from the first cells that go haywire until they grow to be large enough to be diagnosed or to be symptomatic can take anywhere from two or three years for the blood cancers like leukemias, lymphomas, to five years for lung cancer, to 20 years for bladder cancer, or 30, 35 years for colon cancer, and so on. So these are long-term events, and if you have suddenly introduce a new product like the vaccines, the first thing you might expect to see would be the blood cancers that I mentioned, but not the other kinds of cancers. And so what clinicians have been seeing, however, is very strange things. For example, 
25-year-olds with colon cancer who, who don't have family histories of the disease. That's basically impossible along the known paradigm for how colon cancer works. And, and other long latency cancers that they're seeing in very young people. This is just not the normal occurrence uh, of how cancer works, and so there has to be some initiating stimulus to why this happens. In my opinion, cancer is something that the body normally fights off because the cells that get created when they go haywire, the immune system mostly recognizes and is, manages to gobble them up or disable them so that they don't progress. But if you damage the immune system in a way that limits the ability to recognize or to disable newly growing deranged cancer cells, then that opens the door to them multiplying to the point where it's beyond the immune system to cope. And that's the mechanism I think that's the most likely here. That we know that the vaccines, the COVID vaccines, have done various degrees of damage to the immune system in, in a fraction of people who've taken them. And that damage could be anywhere from getting COVID more often, getting other infectious diseases, and perhaps it may also be cancer in the longer term. So we're seeing these long latency cancers. We're also seeing cancers like breast cancer. So breast cancer typically is a disease when a, a woman has a detected lesion, a spot in, in the breast, and that's removed or biopsied. And then it, it's treated and it goes into remission and sits around quiescent in the body for 20 or 25 years before it may recur. Mm. And then what we're seeing is, however, vaccinated women who are suddenly, in short, relatively short periods of time, re-manifesting their quiescent breast cancers. That's in the realm of possible, just like the, the blood cancers could be in the time frame of two or three years after the vaccines. So those are the initial signals that we've been seeing. And because these cancers have been occurring in people who are too young to get them, basically, compared to the normal way it works, they've been designated as turbo cancers. Some of these cancers are so aggressive that between the time that they're first seen and when they present, they come back for treatment after a few weeks, they've grown dramatically compared to what oncologists would have expected for the way cancer normally progresses. And so that's part of the motivation for calling them turbo cancers. Very disconcerting, very scary for many of you who got the vaccine for various reasons, not judging you, I understand. You have a family, you had a family to support, you were mandated to take the vaccine, perhaps your eyes weren't opened yet, whatever the case may be. This is uh, disconcerting because that means that these effects from this, from the vaccines may not be fe uh, felt or manifested for many years to come. And for some, it's these turbo cancers and immediate response to the vaccine that's very scary. Oh, oh, but don't worry. Don't worry for those of you who are watching this or listening to this. That's the old vaccine. Don't forget, there's now a new vaccine. Turning now to the coronavirus pandemic, as the new COVID shots have now received the green light by both the CDC and FDA, and now they might be on their way to a pharmacy near you. That's right. This latest round of boosters have been recommended for anyone over the age of six months, and the CDC is now urging people to get this latest jab as COVID cases rise across the country. All right, I want to end this episode with, uh, I did mention this news earlier in this uh, episode, in this report about the approval of this new COVID shot. Let's dig into it and let's see how this is being sold as the new, new thing. And we're actually getting 
admission that the old thing didn't even work, doesn't work. Isn't that interesting? NBC News medical fellow Dr. Akshay Sahil joins us now from one of these pharmacies where you can soon receive this shot. Dr. Sahil, great to see you. Um, I guess kind of two questions here for you. I think uh, we keep talking about this as a booster. Does the kind of the mindset need to change about this just being something you get every year? And how do these new COVID shots differ from the last ones? Good morning, guys. Yeah, we're here at a CVS in Midtown, New York, where some of the first people in the country actually got that updated vaccine that you're talking about, Savannah. And, and yeah, to answer your question, we're looking to turn this updated COVID vaccine and sort of the thought process behind this into what we see with the flu, uh, Savannah. And so that really comes down to, you know, having an annual vaccine uh, once a year that really matches the current strains. And uh, Savannah, the reason that, uh, you know, health officials are saying this is so necessary is because our vaccines that we had before aren't really matching the current variants that we see. Um, so with this updated vaccine, we're really hoping to bolster that protection against the current variants and really keep people out of the hospital, Savannah. Mm. Mm, yeah. COVID forever. Vaccines against COVID forever. Big pharma's got to make that ch 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 change, that cheddar, that big ching ching money. And look, even Governor Hochul of New York, who wants to quarantine people and put them in camps, for non-compliance, boldly said, Get the updated vaccine. It's very different. Again, tell everybody, don't rely on the fact that you had a vaccine in the past. It will not help you this time around. Well, let me say this at the outset. I know everyone wants to be done with COVID, but COVID is not done with us. And hospitalizations are rising. People have questions about new strains, new variants. What's this all about? It's not going to help you this time around. What more can I say? Thanks for being here. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, ciao, goodbye. God bless. This is James, the Black Conservative Patriot. Thanks for joining us today on this episode. Mm -hmm.